Dancing to the Imperial March. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Empire 161 show. I am Ed. With me, as always, is my co host, Lisa. What is up? Hey, hey, everybody. Glad to be back home. Ed and I both took separate trips this week uh, to different parts of America. Ed, that's a little loud this time. Yeah. It okay, kicks in. It kicks in. When it, it kicks in, it, it, does. Like, it, it, gets, brings it gets serious. It, it gets serious. <laughs> Yeah, so Ed and I are both back home in New York from our separate trips to different parts of America. Um, Ed can tell you a little bit about his trip when he's ready, but I had a great time. I went to Florida with my brother and my niece, and we went to Disney World and hung out with some of our family down there. So we had a great can time. Can tell you a little bit about his trip when he's ready. But there we go. Look All at right. that. We got a little feedback. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's good to be back home in New York. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch many of the games live because I was living my best vacation life. Uh, but I did catch up on everything and did some recaps to be prepared for today. And looking forward to just watching live games again. Uh, unfortunately, the first live game I watched was last night, which we'll get into later on. Not very exciting to watch that one for a Yankee fan. Um, and today on the show, we're going to be talking about the Yankees versus the Mariners and the Astros. We're going to talk about the all-star break, of course, the game and the derby. And then we'll talk about last night's game a little bit and what's coming up for the Yankees. Back to you, Ed. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. No, um, <laughs> yeah, now hopefully some wins coming up. Uh, but I think all things considered, I know we'll, we'll get to it in more detail in a second, but yeah, the Astros loss last Sunday was, I uh, left a really bad taste in people's mouths, but. I mean, they did have a four and two West Coast road trip, though. You can't lose sight of the entire uh, road trip, which is a solid West Coast road trip anytime that you can get that. Uh, but we have some other issues to get to that we'll, uh, we'll address in a minute. But to kick things off, as usual, let's start with Twib. And uh, Twib, for if you're new to the show, is uh, our This Week in Baseball segment where we talk about various things that are not Yankees related. Uh, because there's always some news in that. And the big news this week was the All-Star game. The All-Star game. Well, actually, let's, let's talk about the home run derby a little bit, mm -hmm. because we had that on Monday. Uh, the Mets' Pete Alonso had won it with a spectacular performance. I mean, he looks like the dude was hitting softballs while everyone else was hitting baseballs. So he was the only one, like, locked into a home run derby. Um, Lisa and I were two of eight people that were in a home run derby pool. Um, <laughs> But Lisa, Lisa's not too thrilled with her guy's performance. When she had Matt Olson of the uh, Oakland A's, he um, let me down. He did. <laughs> he, he got he got bumped in the first round. But I mean, he put he put up a bad showing. I mean, he's listen. We we all saw Robbie Cano years ago in Kansas City hit like three. Yeah. When yeah. when that happens, you're like, what the hell are you even doing here? <laughs> like, just go home. Like, yeah. well, you wasted everyone's time with that one. <laughs> uh, it wasn't that. I mean, he just because the way they have it now is. It's a bracket system, so they have the one seed and the eight seed and all of that. So it kind of just matters wherever you get matched up against. Uh, listen, I, I happen to have Pete Alonzo. I don't know. So, that sounds like it was rigged. Oh, yes. <laughs> Me and Angie usually draw the names because we, we couldn't get everyone together because it's a pain in the butt to get all of us together. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I had Pete Alonzo, so I had, I had won this year. I think this is actually the first time I've won the home run therapy pool, <laughs> which is ridiculous because it's usually like, the scientist or like somebody completely off the wall who we ask when like we need like an eighth person. And that's, that's usually when it happens. But 
Um, well, look at look at Sal Perez though. Like Paul had Sal Perez, the catcher of the uh, Kansas City Royals, and he hit like 28, 29 home runs. Mm-hmm. He would have he was in the top four. So in the old format, he would have advanced. Yeah. But you know, he ran into Pete Alonso, who hit thirty five in the first round, and yeah, it was it was ridiculous. He just put on a, a total show. He really did. And it was crazy because he said, I'm winning it again. Like he came into that home run derby with that mindset of I'm taking it home again. And I just want to shout out to my sister-in-law, Barbara, who is a major Mets fan. She's over the moon that Pete Alonso won again. So had to throw that out there. Um, But before we get into the home run derby, I do want to say a couple of um, fun facts about Coors Field because everybody knew that the balls were going to go soaring there. So um, they mentioned it at the beginning of the Derby. They said the Coors Field has the longest average home run distance, nine feet longer than the second place uh, stadium, which is Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. And the overall distance variable, Coors Field is over 5,000 feet above sea level. Their average temperature is 69 degrees, and it's an open-air park. So their average home runs go 18.7 feet longer than in other stadiums. So, yeah, we were definitely going to see things going flying out there. And one of the cool rules this year was that if the ball went over 475 feet, uh, each batter would get 30 extra seconds, which totally benefited Pete Alonso and a couple other players in their um, the separate slots that they were in. So, but yeah, let's get into the derby itself. I do want to say the opening when they had Billy Crystal talking, I thought that that was really touching. Just the the images and what he was saying, Mm -hmm. uh, it was really cool. And I know that Billy Crystal's a major, major baseball fan. So it was nice to hear his voice. Yeah, Billy's a huge Yankees fan. He he actually directed uh, my favorite baseball movie, uh, 61. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, huge Mickey Mantle fan and stuff. And he poured, like, a lot of heart and soul into it. But, yeah, that opening was, was pretty awesome. And he had did a lot of, like, you know, he threw one like an acknowledgement to Michael K with saying see ya and everything, yeah. and then you know Mel Allen and stuff like it was it was really cool, really really well done job yeah. there. Um, I know our, our the boss of uh, pop culture pros was pretty happy, <laughs> uh, Steve Ferracci, but he's definitely calling uh, BS on my uh, winning of the home run derby poll. See, Steve's with me. <laughs> <laughs> but he raises a good question though too, like how is the defending champion the five seed? Yeah, like, what I, don't, is that I don't. I don't. I don't understand how they did the rankings because when you saw how many home runs a couple of the guys had hit this year so far, and where their ranking was, it was like, wait, what? So yeah. it is pretty weird that he was the five seed. I, if I'm correct though, and I, I could be wrong, I'm pretty sure they do it based on how many home runs you currently have. So if everyone enters, they okay. they seed you by how many. That's why Otani was the one seed because mm-hmm. he was leading the league in home runs at the time. But you should take into consideration if, if a guy like Alonzo, who like loves this thing, he looks like he lives for the home run derby. I and to say the truth, for me it was infectious. Like I was, if you weren't like someone who was into it, that got you into it then because they're like, this dude's just having a blast. Yeah, yeah. He he, like you said before, he looked locked and loaded, ready to go. A couple of other guys looked like they were tiring out. And I was commenting when I was watching it, like. Uh, who had the least amount? I think Gallo had the least amount yeah. at ni- 19 yeah. uh, in the first round. And I mean, somebody who had 24 or 20 or Pete Alonso with his 35, like Pete Alonso looked like he wasn't tired at all. He could have kept going in that first round. Uh, but a couple of other guys, you could tell they were like, whoo, whoo, 
It's a lot. When you think of us oh. in batting practice and like none of us are hitting home runs during batting nope. practice, we're just hitting grounders and pop-ups. But when you, when it keeps coming at you so quickly, you do get tired. Um, yeah, so more, more than impressive that several of them had 20 or more home runs in, in their rounds. Yeah. And I agree with you, uh, with Farashi. I, I think Alonzo should have had like four extra minutes because the bombs he was hitting, the amount of feet was just ridiculous. It's like, yep. You know, I guess you got to cap it at some point, but like that was that was pretty wild to watch. Um, but yeah, and then and there was also some a couple of people online were like, "Oh, that Otani like flopped." I'm like, dude, th- th- if you were watching, the guy hit 28 home runs, lost in a triple overtime because they went into extra time <laughs> twice, and then there was a three swing swing off with, with Juan Soto, who was one of the best players in baseball. So that's pretty nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, Absolutely also. Not. Soto went ahead and hit went three for three in a swing off. Like that's yep. just absurd. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I agree with you. I think the two of them, I think their, their pairing was the most exciting uh, in that first round. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we got a comment here from uh, Joe Garcia. Oh, no relation. No psych. <laughs> <laughs> Who had 17 home runs in the show. And <laughs> the show 21. Joe, nice job. <laughs> Hopefully you got some extra time with that too. Maybe you got extra time to like keep playing the game and stuff like that. So it just <laughs> it keeps adding on with how many home runs you have based on distance. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was it was a blast. I personally enjoy the home run derby every year, and this one I think was especially you know a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind I like the uh, the brackets. I like that. So we'll see yeah, what no, next too. time around. Otani was having fun. My wife kept saying how much she yes. was smiling, laughing. Yeah, Otani and Alonzo. I would. I. I mean, I think everyone wanted to see them too. Matt, you don't know. I know Lisa had Matt Olson, so maybe not Lisa. But Otani no, and Alonzo would have been a matchup. Overall, I. I was hoping Otani would win overall, yeah. or and I wouldn't have been mad if Mancini won too, just because of his story and what he went through. So yeah. uh, I definitely was not tied to my guy. When you sent me that, I was like, mm. but. Um, yeah. He's yeah. on my fantasy team, so if I would have got him, I would have actually been kind of happy about that. But when I got Pete Alonso, believe me, I was not upset, being that he was a defending champion. And yeah. like, I'm like, okay, I, I think I got a good one here. Yeah, but I do agree with Farachi. Um, Otani looks like he has fun every game. Yeah. It's really cool. And I think that we were saying before the show, we were chatting a little bit. I think that's part of the of the intrigue, too, uh, Shohei Otani, is that he looks like he's having fun. And when you see people having fun while they're playing the game, it attracts you to them. Besides the fact, I mean, the guy is an awesome baseball talent overall. I mean, offensively, even pitching, like what he's doing is something we, we've never seen before. We've only heard about with like Babe Ruth. Yeah, you and know, let's so. keep it real. He's uh, he's he's not hard to look at either. Okay. Okay. All right. So we 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 got that too. I guess you know, Otani's not uh, too bad in the eyes as well. No. So that's entertaining as well for some folks. Well, let's keep on talking about Shay Otani because there was the All-Star game, which was on Tuesday, where the uh, AL had won their eighth straight over the National League by a score of 5-2. to two. Uh, You know, I think the standouts there were Shay Otani getting to bat leadoff and DH and remain in the game, and he was the starting pitcher who yep. sat down his side in the first inning, 1-2-3. Uh, so that was pretty impressive. Uh, the shot of the night, though, was by Vlad Jr. That home run oh. that, that he hit was, I mean, it looked like it was a home run derby home run. Like, yeah. It was a bomb. Maybe he should have got, like, an extra at-bat or something like that for the distance <laughs> that one. Went. That was ridiculous. 
It um, was. It really was. Uh, he he's he's amazing, and he totally reminds me of his dad in in some aspects. Um, I love the glove that he used during the game. I don't yes. know if you saw that. Yes. It was such a cute homage to his father. Um, I just love seeing that. I love seeing how when it comes full circle with somebody who was there as a kid and then they play uh, in the game. Even watching like when Ken Griffey Jr. was watching the home run derby, like he looked like a little kid and he'd been there God knows how many times. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, the Guerrero's home run was amazing. Yeah, he, he was pretty awesome. Uh, from a Yankees perspective, uh, we did have three all-stars. We had uh, Judge uh, Cole and Chapman, but um, Judge was the only one who got in the game. He was a starting right fielder for the AL. Uh, he was 0 for 2 with a run scored, and he actually had a pretty damn nice catch in right field and cutting it off in the gap. So, yep. you know, we, he we was got 0 for some... 2, but he walked and then scored on Simeon's grounder. Yeah. So, but, you know, he got to show up. It's an all star game. I mean, there's a lot, everyone's awesome in that thing. So he, he represented and, and did what he needed to do in that game. But Cole didn't get into it. I'm pretty sure him throwing 126 pitches a couple of days yep. before. You know, a lot of times the managers will call in to, you know, I'm sure there was a call or conversation between Boone and Kevin Cash to say, listen, not tonight. Nope. Yeah. So he, he needs to sit, rest, let him smile, wave, and, and that's about it. <laughs> no yeah. need to get him back out there again. So there's two things I wanted to mention about the All-Star uh, the All-Star game as I was watching. The first one, we talked about this before the show, Joe Buck. Okay. If you are an announcer, you should make it priority to learn how to pronounce people's names joe buck kept saying so this is how you say his name fernando tatis jr he was saying tatis so far off i don't know why uh well i mean his uh i think it was john smoltz that was uh talking with him like he wasn't gonna correct him um but please joe buck Get one of your get one of your assistants to 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 write it for you phonetically because he kept saying it over and over. And then they mic'd Tatis Jr. and the game, and he was talking to him and saying his name wrong to him while he's playing. Also, I wanted to talk That's about right. that wearing a mic and an earpiece. I felt so bad for Xander Bogarts on his first at bat of the game because they were talking to him as yes. he was at bat, and I'm like, dude, how confusing is that for him? The guy's trying to stay focused. He's yeah. playing an, a National League pitcher that he doesn't get to see often, if ever, unless it's the playoffs or an all-star game. And you're chatting in his ear talking about, oh, you better get a hit. Come oh, on. And I mean, when the pitch was coming, weren't they even saying, like, yes. oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? They I, I like, wish he could have, like, went through the headset and just smacked oh him. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, he's going to answer what it's going to be so that the catcher could hear it and then be like, well, don't throw that. Like, come on, man. I mean, on the field, sure, talk to them in between innings. They had a good back and forth with the guy who was playing first base for the National League. Um, but, like, don't talk to somebody when they're at bat. It's already pressure filled. You're trying to be as, you know, as good as you can. Um, I, I thought Xander Bogart was very gracious in how he interacted with them while he was up at bat. But I can't imagine. Like, after that at bat, he was probably like, these MFs. <laughs> that's, yeah, why I I, that's why I struck out. So... My uh, favorite, I, my, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, no, my favorite moment of the night with the mic'd up players, which I guess for an all-star game, it's okay, but I agree. Like, when the guy's at bat, you shouldn't be talking to him literally in the middle of the at-bat. When you're in the field, maybe it's a little bit different. You know, you can get some time. But they were talking to Freddie Freeman when Judge was up. <laughs> and Judge was like, I mean, uh, you know, he goes out and draws his walk, and Freddie Freeman's talking the whole time, talking about how he's about to look real small. 
on, on TV and everything like that. When Judge walks, Judge walks over, he greets him over, and you can even they even told him like, "Hey, tell Judge that you were in a mic, yeah, yeah, not to say anything, no curse or you know, no f bombs or anything like that dropping, which definitely can happen. I'm shocked it hasn't happened yet." So I don't know if you caught this. Two things happened with that. The first thing he said was, I'm 6'5", and I don't normally look up a lot, yeah. but I'm about to right now. <laughs> and then the other thing he said was, hey, there's there's two guys on first base with really good-looking teeth right now. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, no, that, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> Best-looking Best looking teeth. She's approving of the... Actually, we got a, a couple interesting things here. Uh with Joe Garcia dropping in some more comments here. Uh, oh, boy. That Otani is a gift to MLB, especially if you're a Yankees fan. Well, yeah, I mean, we touched him up. I mean, I would personally rather him be the gift literally to the Yankees because they were after him, and he turned us down to go to the Angels because he was hell-bent on playing on the West Coast. I mean, if we would have had Shohei Otani, I mean, wow. That would have been a nice lefty bat in the top or middle of the order, another starting rotation pitcher. Ah, I'm not even going to bother getting into it because it's going to start getting me upset. Like, but whatever. Um, Rachi had uh, Vlad Jr. hit two home runs against him in fantasy. Wow. Okay. He's getting hit around like that. And uh, Joe Garcia's favorite player is King Griffey Jr.? Yes, of all As time. As a Yankees fan? Really? He loved him. Wow. Yes. That is surprising. I personally acknowledge Griffey's greatness on the field. But when that whole story came out about how he despises the Yankees because they wouldn't let him like play on the field during batting when practice. He when kid, he was a kid, yeah. I was like, shut up. What is wrong with you? Get I know. It's not really the Yankees. It was George Steinbrenner. Yeah. Just, or, either way, though, being professional, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Baby over there. Yeah, no, there was talk of a trade back then that there was George wanted to trade like Bernie Williams and Andy Pettit. And I, I can't even remember who else would have been in a deal. They were going to try to make an offer for Ken Griffey Jr., and I'm honestly glad it didn't happen because we won our we, we won our dynasty and won our World Series. Griffey got to go eventually play in Cincinnati, and nothing ever happened there for that. So I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the trade off though. Uh, plus, every time I think of Griffey, I think of him rounding third base and scoring to end the 1995 ALDS and crush Don Mattingly's only postseason run. And that's yeah. why I have I have a I have a, a thing with Griffey. It's it's complicated. Uh, all right, let's get on to our, our, our recap of the week uh, because, you know, this it's kind of it's what we do. But let's take a trip back in time again to uh, last Tuesday when the Yankees were on the West Coast and they were playing the Mariners. A series, that's where I had made my trip to. I that's went right. to – me and uh, my wife Angie went out to Seattle and took in the series and got to see uh, an absolutely beautiful ballpark and which is now called T-Mobile Park. I was going to call it Safeco because that's what it was forever until now, but that's just the way it goes these days. Um, yeah, the Yanks pounded out 18 hits, which was a season high, uh, and a 12-1 to 1 thrashing of, of the Mariners. Um, I was texting with Lisa because that was the game also where I did it. I ate my grasshoppers. Oh. Before the game. I wasn't going to do it. I was going to do it game two, but then when I was texting with Lisa, I showed her some pictures. I was like, you know something? I'm going to do it. Plus, I walked past the stand that had this, like, Mexican corn. and it was, I, I can't turn away Mexican corn. Mexican corn is, is phenomenal. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. It's so good. And then it was like, oh, yeah, add on $3 side of grasshoppers. I was like, 
this. This is it. I should just do the side of them. And it. I want to know what a full looks like because that cup wasn't like small. That was you. Yeah, a you nice had a lot. Cup. You had a line in there. I saw that. Yeah, and I will. I will say one thing for sure. I did not finish that cup. That did not happen. <laughs> I ate what I ate for the video, and then that was the end of that. It sat under my seat, <laughs> and the cheese that was there was from a pretzel that that I had had at the stadium too. Uh, but I'll tell you a little story about what happened with that because both of those came into play later in the game on a foul ball. Oh, yes, there was a foul ball hit over there. It bounced in to the uh, it bounced around the seat, so it went bounced over right by in front of her aisle. Angie was sitting on the outside, so she got up to go get the ball, and it rolled past her. <sighs> there was nobody around me, so I was like, "Oh shit! All right, let me go go get the ball." I lean over, I move away my to get my hand because it was next to a cheese cup. So I went to clear the cheese cup. Some kid comes running in, crashing in, and, and grabs the ball. Uh, I was like, you got to be kidding me. And oh, I, yeah. when I saw it was a kid, I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's I, true. I'm not going to fight a kid for a foul ball. I mean, that's – I mean, when I say kid, I'm not talking about five-year-old. I mean, he was probably a teenager. Oh, no. Uh, you, you, that, that's a legitimate – you could fight. You think so? <laughs> should, I, should, I, should I have fought back against the should. You should have like, fought uh, back. You should have okay, fought back. All right. All right, I, I don't know what the line of demarcation is between who do I fight the foul ball for. All right, so we go to like a kid, kid, like no, under if it was like 10, 10 or under, ten or 10 under. Or, okay, yeah. Um, I have a question for you. We have a friend. I'm not going to name their name. If you want to, you can. We have a friend that at the end of games, when they see food, uh, yes. in the stands, they will go and pick food out of uh, other people's discarded things. Yes. Do you think that this friend? would have picked up a grasshopper um man that's a tough ball um <laughs> let's see um maybe how many beers in the, in the game that they had would probably affect this decision if he was like had quite a few then i could see i could see myself pushing him to do it i would talk <laughs> him into do persuading him um as far as the appearance of it i did put the top back on it was closed it was sealed so by what I know for his logic to be, then that would have qualified. That should have been something he would have, because it would look like it was barely touched, and he would have he would have had the grasshoppers. All right. So I, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes, and then I'm also gonna say he probably may have had. You're about five beers in. I, I think I could definitely you know go ahead and wow. I'm getting some stuff over here about this foul ball and everything. Oh like, my wow. god, what Farachi said is hilarious. Oh boy, wow. <laughs> uh, it's the worst ever. Wow. Oh, that's not even what I was laughing at. Oh, I was laughing at, at the one above it where he says, think of the ratings. <laughs> Make right. sure Angie records. That's true. I mean, I, that could have been. I know, like, I know Eric from the A to Z show and from the Just Too Sweet show. He, he was talking some crap for a little while. So maybe that's what it should have been. I could have showed myself <laughs> fighting a child. And then, you know, he, he would have been really excited about that. And and my brother said you're allowed to throw bows for a foul ball. I I, I think foul ball is fair game. For a, fair game. A teenager though, I'm 41, man. <laughs> I should be fighting. The, all right, okay. I'm this just is, saying. Was he close to notes. your height? Was he close to your height? I don't know honestly, because I was I went down to go get it, and then I saw him kind of like going back up the stairs. So he, was, he was there with his father, uh -huh. so I, I didn't I didn't quite get the height, and then right. it was alright. But but it got made up. Sort of in the next game, so I'll, I'll tell you guys what happened because I had posted right. a picture with that. So there was some redemption on some level. Wow, but the worst thing Farachi's ever heard in his life. 
And then uh, another fact regarding eating bugs, I think humans eat an average of seven, eight spiders over their lifetime. That equals like one grasshopper. I, what did I have? I had two or three grasshoppers in the video, I think. You I had think I did some two. in cheese, right? At like least two. two. Yeah, because yeah. one was regular, one was in cheese. Because I was hoping that was going to, I'm going to tell you though, the overall taste of the grasshopper is not the worst thing I've ever had. It's definitely I, not. It's I the texture. It, it's the I, crunch. I was just going to say. It's the crunch and then like the, oh, that's when you're like, Oh, it really brings you into that. Uh, oh, that's what he was referring to. The worst thing I was talking about was your buddy eating leftovers. <laughs> wow, that's worse than the grasshoppers. Um, yeah, so he's taking. I like, agree popcorn. with Farachi on that one. <laughs> he's taking popcorn. He'll do, like it, think about it though, Farachi or any, or everyone else. So he's looking like you know when they they a kid is like, hey, I want popcorn, and it's like the eighth inning, and then the kid the family goes and gets it, and the dad gets it. Kid barely touches two kernels, and then they leave the game and stuff like that. His rationale is that he dumps off the top. So he'll shake off the top, <laughs> shake it up to try to justify this. And in his head, it's clear. And then he goes in. We've seen popcorn. I've seen chicken fingers was the last game at the old stadium when we were walking out. I told him that he had to, like, push it extra to, like, really, really do it. And he did chicken fingers on the last game of the old Yankee Stadium. Um, I'm pretty sure French fries were involved at some point too. I mean, this is <laughs> it's uh it's it was definitely a thing. Uh, we got a question here, Ed. Uh, what do you see for the second half of the season? Lisa will tell you I'm pretty much done at this point. Joe, I'm gonna hold that. We'll pop that question back up when we're done with our recap. Because let's we, we've uh, strolled off to bugs and food at, off the floor. <laughs> we didn't at even talk about it. We never really get to the game too much, so. The Yankees won. This was an easy one. The Yankees go ahead. They demolished the Mariners. 18 hits, season high, 12 to 1. Uh, Jameson Tyone got his fourth win of the season, put his record at 4 and 4. He went seven innings, four hits, one earned run, one walk, and nine strikeouts. By far his best start of the season. I mean, he, he got them into the seven, he pitched seventh innings. That was fantastic that he gave the bullpen a rest and said it was doing his usual yes. four or five inning fiascos. Um, and then hit-wise, I mean, Voight had, was five for six with three RBIs. DJ LeMay was three for six with an RBI. Uh, Big G was two for four with his 15th homer. He drove in three. Uh, and uh, Ruggie Odor was two for four with not, with his uh, ninth home run of the year and three RBIs. I mean, uh, pitching-wise also to know Chapman did come in in the ninth inning. Very sketchy also, like loaded up the bases and had to put in whole thing but i kind of thought it was a good spot for boone to get in there because you can't not pitch the guy forever you got to get him back out there let him try to work out what he's got to work through and 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 get to it so uh overall a very very nice win for the yanks very fun time at the game as well for for me and angie uh we did pony up the first two games and we're sitting behind the yankees dugout so we actually did do a, we were yelling a lot trying to get foul balls and stuff when they were coming in and hyped up we were doing the whole thing like they do at times too, so we we're making sure our presence was was known over there. But the foul ball and the grasshoppers kind of stole the show, you know, <laughs> for, for that Tuesday night. Um, Yanks went ahead and took the next one, a much closer game, uh, five to four. Uh, which, which, a game that felt like a blowout for a while, but yeah. the Mariners were creeping back little by little, and then Chad Reed came in to close it out. Uh, this was a bullpen game because, very strangely, uh, Domingo Herman was supposed to start this game and was scratched like an hour or two before because he had emergency 
root canal surgery. Random. And I very random. And I was like, what the hell just happened? He came in a relief though later in the game. So the thing I never saw, and I was looking for this on Twitter was where the hell, when did he have the surgery? And how bad was it for him not to be able to start the game? Because I'm guessing timing-wise, maybe they're waiting for the numb, you know, like whatever the hell that is, it's a numb your mouth to wear off or something Oh, the like Novocaine. Or maybe, the he Novocaine. Had, maybe he had sweet air. Because if even if you have Novocaine, that's not going to stop you from pitching. But yeah, sweet yeah. air would, because he would oh. have essentially been like high on the sweet air. So maybe what happened was he had that earlier in the day, and they were waiting for the sweet air oh, to... Okay. To go away. I don't know, but that is very peculiar. I just learned something new about sweeter. I, I, yeah. was, I usually just got it numbed. Oh, I never had like root canal. I, I like teeth pulling. Oh, stuff, you you don't want a root canal. It's no, I don't. No. It's also a more than usually more than one day pro. No, that's not a root canal. But anyway, yeah, any <laughs> dental procedure is not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. Stay clear of all dental procedures. Yes. Brush, uh, but brush and floss, folks. Brush and floss. Oh yes. So when I got those <laughs> teeth pulled the last time, that's when I learned. Has to be every single day. Can't skip days. Never that done. I'm like, my dentist loves me now. Comes in, I come in, I do my cleaning twice a year. One, two, three. Yeah. Um, so Sessa picked up the win uh, in relief. He, that was the second win of the season. Uh, he lasted three and a third. Uh, Chad Green got the save, locking it down, which had showed the first sign. Was this will be a, a recurring theme as we get to the Astro series of where Boone's confidence is with. Or all the Shatton at that point. Yeah. So he chose to go to Green in a save situation. Green was lights out for that game. Um, had two strikeouts for his third save of the year. Uh, Judge was two for four with his 20th home run, driving in two. Stanton was two for five. And Glaber Torres. We had a Glaber Torres offensive sighting once again <laughs> with uh, two RBIs, with he had uh, one hit on the day. Um, nobody had hits in the afternoon game for that as the Yanks did not complete the sweep. They were blanked. Or nothing by the Mariners. Uh, completely shut down by uh, by a rookie, Gilbert. Gilbert. I don't even know. I didn't even bother learning. I just got to call him that because I know I said that last time. But <laughs> yeah, Logan Gilbert completely shut them down. Um, and they one hit, one. I'm gonna quote Bob Uecker from Major League. One goddamn hit. That's all we got. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, it was my guy Stanton. Yeah, and that was in the second inning. Yes. Yes, but it was like a no one nothing game or like it was zero zero at that point, and still hanging in there. Uh, but sorry, this game, Jordan Montgomery was three. Uh, he got his uh, fourth loss of the season, dropping his records of three and four. Uh, he lasted six and two thirds, going with four hits, four earned runs, uh, two walks, and nine Ks. Montgomery looked good, and we'll get up to an interesting mm-hmm. fact toy Lisa has for us for Jordan Montgomery for last night. But that was his last start. You can see they lost four nothing. And the troubling trend continues. I don't know if Jordan Montgomery crossed a black cat or something like that or did something Walked to somebody. under a ladder. I don't know what happened. Maybe both. Maybe, Maybe the cat was walking by as he was with the ladder. I don't know because, man, <laughs> it, it, it's it's pretty troubling. It is. Uh, Yanks took the show to uh, Houston after that for our good buddies in Trashtown uh, as the Yankees shut them down 4 nothing. Uh, Nestor Cortez, Jr., uh, went four and two-thirds, uh, only two hits, two walks, uh, striking out two. So he got a spot start there because Herman's dental surgery fiasco started throwing every the whole rotation off. <laughs> but Nestor Cortez, though, proved again that he could be a viable starter for the Yanks moving forward. He's looked, He's been like their little secret weapon this season. 
Um, yes, which makes it all the more tough that he is now on the COVID IL. But we'll get to that in a few minutes too. Oh yes, this this is the story because Aaron Judge was two for five. Another one who's on the COVID IL right now. Uh, yeah. DJ LeMahieu was two for five with a double, surviving two RBIs, which was a huge hit to pull the Yanks ahead. And Guardy had a two-run uh, two double also going one for three on the game. So nice way to, you know, plant your foot. And when you go into Houston for a big series to start, you know, riding the ship. Uh, but the biggest game, I think, uh, for at least from the Yankees' positive perspective, was the Saturday game. Uh, wow. I mean, Judge had the solo home run here. I mean, he had rounded third. You know, Ooh. he went ahead and did the whole thing, mocking Altuve, recovering off his jersey. Oh my God. It was awesome. I read this and just started giggling. So yes, when he was rounding third, he did the little button up thing. And when the reporters asked him, Oh, is that you trying to say something to the Astros? He was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. It gets chilly in here when they keep the roof closed. I was just telling my teammates to button up a little bit, which I Love thought it. was hilarious and then apparently gary sanchez did the same thing in game three um but the thing that topped it for me was rugnero door coming out and meeting them with a yankees jacket to yeah. just uh reinforce what judge said that it's really cold in there i yes. thought that was great i thought that was a little great shot a pot shot at the astros especially because they chose that weekend to give away all of their world series memorabilia yeah, and that's pretty – you knew they were doing that on purpose because now Absolutely. the Yankees-Astros is a legitimate rivalry. So, you know, it's it's pretty – it's heating up, man. These two facing off in the playoffs really would be something because, I mean, the tension would be completely out of control. But the big story for the Yanks, though, besides that, was the was Garrett Cole. He Phenomenal. pitched complete game, three hits, two walks, striking out 12. He looked like Garrett Cole again, you know, for a little while – since the sticky stuff was gone, it was a little up and down. Like there, he got his worst start of the season against the Mets the last time out. But boy, did he respond! And my favorite inning, uh, my favorite moment in the game, besides Judge's thing, was in the ninth inning, yes. the two outs when Boone came out, and we had Chapman warming up. By the way, so Chapman was warming up, and Cole which is was terrifying because it was which only, is terrifying one nothing, days. one nothing. Yeah, and he's at like hundred and twenty. I want to say he threw 126 total, but I got to say he threw like around 120 pitches at this point. So in modern, modern baseball, you would think there was an alarm that would have went off or somebody would have tackled Boone or something, but it would have been like, <laughs> emergency, emergency, remove pitcher, please, blah, blah, blah. His arm is going to fall off. Save him. Uh, Cole had some F-bombs to be dropped towards Boone and making sure he was screaming about – he was, I am staying in game, and, that, and they say, this is my game. I'm taking it home. And he yep. blows away uh, Jordan Alvarez to, to end the game. And wow, that was like, if you were somehow, I mean, I've been on, you know, the, the Cole, I got my Cole train shirt on right now for, for tonight. The, if you were not on the Cole train yet, you had to be on after this. Cause that was like, man, you're the man, dude. Like yeah. that's what an ace is supposed to do. Demand the ball. He knows the situation against his former team and man, he, he delivered. That was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and that goes to your point before about like, you know, energy, what what draws people to keep watching games. When you see a pitcher get that passionate about, no, I'm completing this game, you're, you're not taking me out. Um, I just think it's really great that, like you said, he stepped up for that. That I'm sure gave the rest of the team some energy as well that they needed. 
um, because, you know, uh, we have we were talking about this in one of our previous episodes. We haven't seen too much passion and fire in the team. So here's Garrett Cole being like, I don't care if my arm falls off. I'm finishing this game. There's no way you're taking me out. He said later after the game that he blacked out in that moment. He's like, <laughs> I know I dropped a lot of F-bombs, but I have no idea what I said. Um, and good for him because it was his fifth complete ga- a career complete game and his third shutout. Yeah. So. I mean, amazing. I appreciate that kind of energy. That's why Paul O'Neill is one of my favorites because he showed that kind of fire too. Like, I just love that. I love seeing when players have that energy and they're like, there's no way in hell you're taking me out of this game. Love it. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Uh, it definitely brought me back to, I want to say 05, 06, Mike Mussina. Again, and when mm-hmm. he was he was on the mat yep. against at Tiger Stadium. Why, Joe Torrey was coming out. He was like, no. <laughs> No, and so he was like, "Okay." I know he was like, oh, "Okay, okay, my bad. I'm going back in. It's okay." It brought me right back to that moment, but yes. obviously a little bit different when this guy's uh, dropping f bombs all over the place, like in Boone's face too. And I think it also shows, though, the reoccurring theme, like we had mentioned on the uh, the second game against the Mariners. It's under normal circumstances, if Aroldis Chapman was Aroldis Chapman, I guarantee you, Chapman would have came out for the ninth and pitched that, and then. Perhaps he gets it done, perhaps he doesn't. But that also shows you the trending theme of where the Yankees are at with Aroldis Chapman at this moment. Yeah. And honestly, I personally think it's well-deserved because he has not shown a lot. I mean, in a very short span, he has completely imploded, and you can't you can't really trust him in tight games. Um, a game we definitely could have used, you know, old Aroldis Chapman was in the Sunday game. Yanks were going for the sweep again. Uh, and ended up blowing a five-run lead to the Astros and lost eight to seven on a walk-off by, out of all people, Jose Altuve. Oh. Uh, Chad Green was brought in uh, for the save in the situation. He had absolutely nothing, hanging sliders, no break on him whatsoever. Fastball just pretty much might have been BP-style fastball. It was, it was kind of crazy. Like He really had absolutely nothing, and it happened like in a blink of an eye. The way he, you know, ended up recording one out, giving up four hits, four earned runs. But things were when things were cruising. Gary Sanchez is his 15th homer of the year, with three RBIs. Uh, a guy who I who I've actually really liked so far since I've got him. Tim LaCastro hit his second home run of the season. Yeah. He also had two doubles in the first game against the Mariners, and I was screaming Timmy two bags <laughs> at the stadium there, which is I was like, I want to see some more doubles so he can like legitimately maybe this can actually be a thing for him. Uh, but I mean, listen, they were up 7-2 to going into the ninth inning. That should be enough for any bullpen to hold on. But it, one thing to note, too, the Yankees left 14 runners on base. They had 14 walks. The Yankees' offense walked 14 times. The amount of base runners they had, they could have, they should have put up 15 runs mm-hmm. with the amount of guys they held on. But they were 3-for-16 with runners in scoring position. So I'm not saying it's on the offense to do it, but you could have really wiped them out early you had the chance to really like step on their throat you didn't do it and you know that's that's what happens Um, yeah and i I just want to comment one of the one of the craziest things about that game that was the only excuse me that was the only game i got to watch while i was on vacation um my cousin had it on in his house and we were watching um and my my cousin jessica commented she's like i can't get excited about this game until the game is over and she was like, cause, cause, and this is when the Yankees were winning seven to two and people were like, ah, change the game, change the game. And she was like, no, no, 
we can't celebrate until the game is actually over. And then sure enough, that ninth inning happened and everything imploded. And she was like, this is what I'm talking about. I cannot celebrate a Yankee game until it's officially over. So shout out to my cousin Jessica for uh, unfortunately foretelling <laughs> what we knew might possibly happen. And it did. Yeah, that was, it was a stunning. It was absolutely stunning. And Joe Garcia is commenting, how does a little hobbit like Altuve and a walkout to beat the Yanks? I don't know. Maybe he had the ring. Maybe he had them from the Lord of the Rings. Maybe he had his ring in his pocket or something. <laughs> but I also thought it was just kind of funny, which uh, before we get to that unfortunate stat that we, we chatted about, we wanted to bring up. But so Altuve hits his home run, right? He We're in this whole trolling war back and forth with them now. And he gets his shirt ripped off. His jersey gets ripped off after the game. Okay. So if you remember back to 2019, when that whole fiasco happened with the buzzers and stuff like that, and everyone thought he was, and he covered up. So I just want to lay this out there very clearly. So the guy hits a walk-off home run in game six of the ALCS to send his team to the World Series. Then you cover up. To win regular season game to avoid a sweep. Take it off. It's all good. No but problem. hang on. There were multiple reasons why oh, yes. he, uh, he allegedly said he covered up. So yes. allegedly because of a bad tattoo, allegedly because his wife didn't approve of him ripping his shirt off and had a problem with that. Mm -hmm. And then what everybody else assumes is that he was covering up that buzzer. Right. Yes. So they clearly weren't using a buzzer for this series because they got their their butts handed to them. Uh, in games one and two, they were mm -hmm. shut out in both games. And then they win this game, and all of a sudden, his shirt comes off. So I guess his wife didn't mind that much. And where was the tattoo? Even oh, so if you, even if the tattoo was removed, there's still a little bit of fading that you probably would have seen. So well, that's what I was going to comment on. So the tattoo he, he did see, because obviously I was furious in looking at this, right? <laughs> he had he had a very small tattoo something, here, yeah, like a name here. and script. It okay. was so tiny, though. Don't tell me that was a horrible tattoo. That's the horrible tattoo or unfinished tattoo? Dude, give me the damn thing right now, and I'll write that on in two seconds. It'll be finished in two seconds. Come on, stop. I've never written a tattoo in my life, but I can sign somebody's name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the bu Yeah, I'm going to – yeah, this is coming up before we get to the <laughs> – Yeah, probably. I think it was definitely somewhere. We'll just say it's where the sun doesn't shine. I mean, he looked very happy, so – yeah, you know, maybe, you know, it's, you know, he, he's, he's digging it. I don't know. Um, yeah, so the point is, is that I was never one who was really on the buzzer train, if you want to say, or onto that thing. The signs and stealing and all of that, that's fine. I'm not mm -hmm. stupid. I know you were cheating in 2017. You were cheating in 2018. You didn't suddenly stop cheating in 2019 out of nowhere when you didn't get caught. Like, that makes absolutely logically no sense whatsoever. You escalated it. But now, forget it. For me, personally, that was like the nail in the coffin or the signed seal to say, yes, there were buzzers. If you have any questions about buzzers being used in 2019, bang, that's that's where it is. Because I'm sorry, we just laid it out. All the proof is there. And then the other thing was he was conveniently not available to answer uh, questions from reporters either. I think it was before the game and then under. Uh, un allegedly, and and uh, you know, I hope this isn't true, but allegedly he had to go to the hospital because his father was in the hospital. If he's in the hospital, I hope his father's going to be all right. But yeah. that's why he allegedly wasn't available to reporters after the game. Very, just a little convenient. I mean, it's honestly, you hit the, the game-winning walk-off home run and you're not available after the game to talk about your game-winning walk-off home run? Yeah. Come that's, on. Yeah, it seems a little, little fishy. Just but 
the big stat that was thrown out there all over Twitter is that MLB MLB teams at the time of this Yankees Astros game, which was last Sunday, uh, were four hundred and ninety three and two when leading by four more runs going into the ninth inning this season. Those two losses were the Yankees. This game right here versus the Astros and the game against the Angels on that Wednesday night with the massive rain delays and all that crap. So not, as I like to quote my our good friend Joe Girardi, it is not what you want, to put it mildly. Uh, Yankees bullpen absolutely just, just needs to get it together, and then you need to – have that, like, as a team, you need to have that killer instinct. When you have runners on, you need to keep tacking on runs, keep scoring, put games completely out of reach when you have a chance, and make sure that these things like this are completely not possible. And they clearly have the chances to do all of this. Um, we covered the All-Star game, but we had the one game last night, which opened up a huge stretch for the Yankees because they're going to face the Red Sox eight out of the next – um, eight out of the next 11 games. Because they have mm-hmm. a two-game set next week against uh, the Phillies, but they were unfortunately shut out for nothing by the Red Sox last night. Really not much to say in the sake of the offense. Three hits. Jordan Montgomery took another loss, going six innings, three hits, three earned runs, two walks, and four Ks. So he's doing his job. Bullpen did their job. I mean, Justin Wilson made sure. Let's get that one solo shot out there because Justin Wilson is absolute trash. <laughs> so he decided to make sure they taxed that one on to let his presence be known. Um, but the big story yesterday, I mean, actually the day before, because the third this game, this series was supposed to start on Thursday night, but the right. game was canceled, and now it is going to be made up as part of a, another wonky seven-inning doubleheader on August 17th. Thank God Rob Manford had said the other day that no he more. seems to believe no more after the season, no more seven-inning doubleheaders, no more of this fiasco with the ghost runner on second base and extra innings. We'll go back to playing traditional baseball in these, in these scenarios. Um, it's like, wow. Um, it's, it's, it's rough. And we'll get to Joe's question right now, but because uh, it ties into what we were going to talk about, but I said, oh. it takes me back to my question. What happens in the second half of the season? Yeah. Um, Joe, I, I like to say that um, there, this stretch coming up is really it. You know, you have the Red Sox now seven out of the next, you know, what is it, seven out of the next ten games now. Um, you got to start making up ground, and it sucks because you just lost Judge, you just lost Gio, Luizaga, Cortez, Piggy, all to COVID. Now, they're going to be out for a minimum of ten days. So, I mean, this couldn't have happened at a worse time mm-hmm. for them because this was it. This is going to make or break their season. Now, if, if they go ahead and go into the toilet, they could fall – 15 games out, I mean, they can fall something like that, and then you could almost kiss the division goodbye. But then you do have the wild card, which is another way to get into it, but they just got to start playing better baseball. But last night, and I'm sorry, and Voight's on the IL as well with yes. his knee bruise again. Yes. So Voight's having a really tough time staying healthy this season. Um, this is this is really pushing whatever you think is going to happen at the trade deadline. This the two-week span why we highlighted this is because it leads up to the trade deadline. Are the Yankees going to be buyers or are they going to be sellers at, at the deadline? Joel Sherman dropped a piece the other day in the New York Post saying he believes, you know, he's getting word that the Yankees are looking at Joey Gallo. We mentioned in the – listen, great power hitter, lefty bat that we could use, another outfielder which we could use. 
but he's another low batting average guy. He's going to strike out a ton. You have a lot of those guys on the team. I'm not saying I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to welcome him to the team, but if it ends up happening, it's just another guy that you need guys to put the ball and play more. What's up? Uh, all right, so Joe's got some more in there. Uh, they should have got the gold standard of vaccines, Pfizer instead of J&J. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, we, we got we got our vaccine options right here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm thankfully a Pfizer guy. But we don't give you an option. We don't have an option. We go to somewhere and they say, hey, this is what you're giving you. That's it. You know, take it or leave it. Uh, yeah, I think J&J has been the one that supposedly is, like, less effective or something like that. I, I don't really know, honestly. But there's been some breakthrough stuff in there. But also, I, I think the key thing to remember with the Yankees' COVID situation is that they're testing positive. So you can carry the virus even though you are vaccinated. You just won't end up in the ICU or anything. Like, like the chances of that are very low. But you can still right. carry it and pass it on to someone who is not vaccinated and not every single player, not every single person around the team and on other teams is. So that's where baseball is coming from. You know, right. that's their, their whole thing. And most of the Yankees that were on the COVID IL, they said were were asymptomatic, which is, you know, th thankfully they're not um, they're not experiencing things that other people experienced earlier on in the pandemic, too. Yeah, no, for sure. And and that's what I'm saying. That's why I think the the big thing to remember is it's just that. It looks like the team did the right thing. Mm -hmm. They're just, you know, baseball's trying to make sure that they protect everybody in this situation. And I, I understand where they're coming from. You know, like that's that's definitely something you, you could do. Um, one last comment before we, we move on here is selling a role to Stratton. Joe or anyone else, if I know that's been a, a popular thing I've heard personally on Sports Talk Radio and things like that locally, is what, what are you going to get from it? <laughs> Who's going to line up and say, listen, oh, Raldis Chapman at that price for this year and next year? Sign me up. Let's go. We can fix them. Let, let, let's do this. Chapman, Chapman's here. Unless he somehow fixes himself before the trade deadline and the Yankees become sellers, then maybe you can. But he's got to show that he's back to being a Raldis Chapman again. He did pitch in last night's game, and he was okay. I mean, there was a couple balls that went to the warning track, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and he, he did get a strikeout there as well, so he didn't give up a run. So at least baby steps, you know. Considering where he was at when he was throwing beach balls, I think we agree. We, we want baby steps here. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. Um, so before we talk about the the rest of the Yankees Boston series, I just wanted to make a couple of notes about uh, yes last night's game. Um, I I enjoyed seeing a couple of guys from AAA come up. Uh, to the game, I, I thought, and some of them were lefties. So it was nice to see awesome. lefties in the batter's box. Um, but yeah, just to name them, um, I hope I'm saying his name right, Ambergie. Trey Ambergie. Ambergie. Yes, yeah. Ambergie was, he started in right field. And then we got to see Allen and Hoy Park uh, pinch hit in the seventh inning. So, um, but just, and Allen got a hit as well. So just seeing um, a couple of new guys, uh, new energy on the team, I, th I was excited by that. I thought it was great. Uh, fun fact, Park is the first Yankee to ever wear the number 98, and he's only the second player in Major League Baseball history to do that. But because the Yankees have retired so many numbers, people are forced to go higher. I'm waiting for that first triple digit. <laughs> that's going to happen at some point. So um, another fun fact about the game Eduardo Rodriguez, the starting pitcher for Boston, 
fell off of a truck when he was seven years old and broke his right elbow. So he is a, a, a right-handed person by nature. He didn't want to stop playing baseball, so he taught himself how to throw lefty. That's ridiculous. I think that's, that's insane. When I try to throw lefty, it's like... Yeah, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I, I had nothing, nothing behind it at all. Yes, I'm I am. You know this. I am a natural lefty, but I throw righty when I play softball because the ball just uh, comes out of my arm harder on the right side. But um, and then a sad fact, I don't know if you mentioned this or not. And forgive me if you did. But Monty has had zero run support in his last five starts. Yes. Yes. That's brutal. That's why we're thinking he. He cursed somebody. He did something. He, oh, that's right. We talked about the ladder. Yes. See? Yes, there could be the ladder, the cat. I mean, maybe he didn't give up a seat on a train to like a pregnant woman because supposedly that's the thing know. that you can get bad luck for. I, I don't know. Maybe he did all of the above. It's yeah. you know, maybe he's got a maybe he's got a light a candle for Joe Boo. Who knows? I think so. I mean, to get the bats going. I mean, listen, I'll, t I'll take whatever, whatever you give, whatever it needs to happen. We need to do something for Joe Boo or you know what was it? Uh, <laughs> Sacrifice a chicken like Serrano would. I mean, whatever. We got to get this offense going somehow. And I, I get that you're down point, you're down judge, you're down geo. I get it, but um, yeah, we got we got to get things going one way or the other. Maybe the Yanks got to change their approach, not swinging for the fences all the time. You got some guys who have a lot of speed now. You know, maybe some bunts, put the ball in play. You know, force steal bases, hit and run, whatever you got to do. You got to adjust to the personnel that you have currently in the lineup, and that's something that that we'll see if Boone does. It, it'll be going against the analytics a bit, but it's put up or shut up time because, again, yeah. by, this, by the next two weeks or over our next two shows, if we're we'll decided we're going to be talking about the Yanks getting players at the trade deadline, like trying to upgrade or selling off players, and I'm really hoping, you know, it, it's, it's adding players and making a push for this because it'd be – Pretty shitty to be playing out the season with such expectations going into it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to our weekly awards before we get to the rest of the series preview. Uh, so if this is your first time uh, checking us out, uh, since we have a little Star Wars theme to our show, we go with the Force is Strong with as our Offensive Player of the Week. So, Lisa, who is your who is the Force Strong with for you over the over the past what was it, seven games? Yeah, so uh, I told you all I was on vacation, and on vacation, I was also on vacation from baseball. So today, I quickly looked at people's stats for the last seven days, and going off the stats, I picked uh, Gary Sanchez. His uh, OPS is 800. He had three RBIs, two runs, and one home run in the last week, and his on-base percentage was 300. His slugging percentage was 500. However, also hearing from your recaps, uh, how well Judge was doing. Judge was just being consistent and Judge. So uh, it hurts even more that he's on the COVID IL for the next 10 days. So I'm going to say Sanchez is the one I'm picking, but a nod to Judge. Okay. I mean, that's that's pretty much one here. I'm trying to – my phone is refreshing because I'm trying to get the exact numbers from my guy. who I, well, I went with DJ LeMahieu. Okay. All right. DJ LeMahieu is my guy who the force is strong with too. Uh, despite hitting only 250, he had an on-base percentage of 382. Uh, he had seven hits over his last 28 at-bats, driving in three, plus the big double against the Astros and against the Mariners. It looked like he was starting to come back into form and you know be the DJ LeMahieu that we know of the machine. So that, that's who I'm going with. Um, 
As far as it goes for pitchers, we have the I Have Spoken Award, who's normally our pitcher of the week. Uh, I mean, Garrett Cole. I, it was very close to being Jordan Montgomery because he pitched his ass off his last two starts and got no run support, literally no run support. But how could I not go with Garrett Cole with that performance against the Astros? Complete game, uh, 12 strikeouts, throwing 126 pitches, cursing out Boone, you know, do, pretty much cursing the Astros as well. So Garrett Cole's my guy. Yeah, I picked Cole too, and I also had a special shout out for Nestor Cortez because nobody th expected him to go as long as he did in Game One versus the Astros. He was only supposed to be, you know, like a quick spot starter and go a couple innings, and he went more than that. So just had to shout out Nestor Cortez for giving us a little bit more length and giving us uh, a little bit more time to uh, get the rest of the bullpen some rest because we really need that. Yeah, and I, I gotta. I got to put up this comment quickly because I, I absolutely love it and fits. Yanks are stuck in the doors, stuck as far as of the Dagobah system. Yes, that's a reference to Star Wars uh, for the Empire Strikes Back. But, Joe, I hope that they go ahead and see themselves in the cave and they learn that they need to be the heroes and realize we're the New York Yankees. Let's wake the F up and, and get it going. You got to make it happen. Listen, there's no one's going to feel sorry for them. No excuses. Sucks that they lost all these players to COVID. But, you know, it is what it is, as they say. Um, all right, let's just go over quickly the matchups for the rest of the Yankees-Red Sox series, which is only two more games now mm -hmm. before they get Monday off and then they play against uh, our old buddy Joe Girardi and his Philadelphia Phillies come running into town. Uh, tonight, and another – Yes, the, well, they better not play. Uh, uh, no, he won't. <laughs> he unfortunately won't be there, but <laughs> – I you would love him. it if they brought him, though, wouldn't you? Oh, my gosh. We're <laughs> <laughs> getting a text from Lisa, like, listen, we're going to the game tonight. That's it. I'm heading out there. <laughs> They're bringing a Philly fanatic. Let's go. Um, tonight, we got uh, Nathan Abaldi, another old buddy of the Yanks, who was 9-5 and five on a season, who made the All-Star team with a 3-6 XERA, versus Garrett Cole, who was 9-4 and four with a 2-68 ERA. So, good pitching matchup tonight. I have a question about that. So tonight, Cole will have to use Gary Sanchez as his catcher. We I'm wondering. See. So I guess it's not a question, it's a comment. But I'm wondering if this will be the impetus to have Gary Sanchez just be the starting catcher for everybody and have like one day a week off instead yeah. of definitely having a day off whenever Cole is uh, pitching. So I'm really curious to see how it goes tonight with that matchup. I think it shouldn't be a problem. It should have never been a problem. Gary Sanchez needs to get as many at-bats as possible. He's been one of the stronger batters for us this season. So let's keep him in there. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I don't see any way Sanchez doesn't catch Cole tonight, but you're right. It's, no, I'm it's, talking about be, moving forward. Moving oh, forward. No, yeah, but I, I mean going forward, especially with Higgy on the COVID IL and Judge out and Geo out, we need little, literally every bit of offense we can get. Mm -hmm. So – you can't take Sanchez out of the lineup. I mean, gay game after night game. I know Sanchez has done it a couple of times recently, but I don't know if they're going to keep pushing him with that. But it'll be interesting to see. Another thing that will be interesting to see that we talked about in the last show was Stanton getting his ass back in the outfield. Yes, he did hint that um, it might be during the rest of the series because uh, it was supposed to be, I think, for the first National League series coming up in after Miami. this. Yeah. Uh, but he, he did allude to um, Meredith Morakovic that it might be during the series now because of the COVID-IL. 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's got to get out there. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, like you said, th this is the time to do it. You got to do what you can. And I know someone has to be the DH, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I understand that. Having him DH is not the worst thing in the world. But if it's a situation like we're saying, where Sanchez, as a catcher, day game after night game, you want to maybe get him, you know, from behind the plate so he's not killing his legs, you can DH him. You can keep his bat in the lineup, which we, we both want. And then that Stanton's got to get in the outfield in that, that one game here and there. Not saying to make it every day, but this is a right. time where we could use a power-hitting right fielder, which he was at one point instead of just a DH. So this would be a time, and it would be nice for him to get, like, white hot at the plate and carry the team like he did a couple of months ago. Not to mention, once again, some people might want to see him a little bit more often than just his <laughs> regular at-bats at DH. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then tomorrow night on Sunday Night Baseball with, uh, I know Lisa's looking oh. forward to hearing Alex Rodriguez do the, do the game for ESPN. Uh, Jameson Sion will be taking a hill for the Yanks. Hopefully he'll have another start like he did last time versus the Mariners against uh, Michael Perez, who was 7-5 with a 404 ERA. Uh, and they didn't really go with the... They had CBD for the Phillies series, so there's no point in really getting into that one because they wait. Right. After the off day on Monday, they welcome the Phillies in for Tuesday and Wednesday before heading to Fenway for a four-game series against the Red Sox next weekend. So, uh, let's see. Ah, and one, we, we can take we – we'll take one last question before we, we wrap this up. Where's Frazier? Clint Frazier is on the I.L., He's, he's been on the IL. He had vertigo for a little while, which I can kind of speak to personally because I had vertigo a couple, about a month or two ago or something like that. Uh, it's a bitch. So you definitely should not probably be playing with actual vertigo. Uh, but I know they're also looking into his vision and stuff like that, some sort of glasses or something. So maybe it's a completely different thing that I have personally dealt with. But I don't know. It would be nice to get Clint Frazier back in the lineup. I know uh, Miguel Andujar is also on the IL. He's another guy we could use another bat in the lineup, another major league bat. But, um, you know, we we shall see where that ends up heading up. Um, all right. So I think that pretty much kind of wraps it up for us for this week on the Empire 161 show. I am trying to find something here. All right. Well, while you find that, I'm just going to say make sure you tune in again. We will be back on, I believe, the 26th at 6 p.m. So we'll be covering a couple of series then and talking about trade deadline things because that's going to be that last week. So stay tuned for that. We're looking forward to it. Trying to be as consistent as possible. And one of us traveling. No, there'll be no more traveling for us. For Well, there are Poconos for a little white water rafting, but nothing crazy though. Nothing that will prevent us from watching our beloved Bronx Farmers or anything like that. So thank you for joining us. Uh, if you liked what you heard here today, check us out on Facebook. Join our Facebook group for the Empire 161 show. Check out popculturepros.com. You can find us there. You can find us on YouTube under Pop Culture Pros. Click subscribe. Check out our playlist. Check out all the other stuff. If you're into like comic book movies and stuff like that, uh, me and Tony and Jason, we do the Granny's PC show. We just did our Black Widow review and our Loki review last week, so you can check out that episode. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday at 8.30 with that. Into wrestling, check out Eric and Tim on Tuesday nights. They have the Just Too Sweet show. If you're a Mets fan, which I know we have some Mets fans that do like our show, 
You can check out the Put in the Book show as well with Farashi and the guys. Uh, and you got the A to Z show as well. Eric from the wrestling show, he does the A to Z show. They cover everything you can possibly think of. It's a really, really funny show, so check that out. All right. Yes, share, share, share it all. Thank share you, it everywhere. Murph. Thank Murph. Murph gave us our last comment. Thank you for joining today, Murph. And thank you to my brother, Joe, who had all the comments. Yes. Joe Garcia and Farachi and Murph bringing it today. Thank you so much. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. So everyone stay safe out there. Keep enjoying the summer. And let's go Yankees. Woo! Have a good weekend, everybody.